This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Zero pucks given in partnership with blades belong on your feet. Welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the ice hockey podcast for Chelmsford Chieftains fans. Uh, we're building up to playoff weekend now and we're going to have a look at the final four. We've also got a special guest in Telford Tigers 2 head coach and former Chieftain Scott McKenzie is going to join us to talk about the Telford Tigers 2 winning the Laidler playoffs and playing in the Laidler Cup final this weekend coming. And we've also got the guest that you've all asked me for for the times I've been doing this. Gemma Pemberton, the Chieftain's physio, is coming on. But let's start with having a look through the Britain Finals Final Four. First up then, the first semi-final taking place on Sunday at 4.30 is the Streatham Red Hawks against the Raiders Junior. Now, the Streatham Red Hawks obviously won the league. Last year, they won the quadruple, beating Chancellor Chieftains in the playoff final, of course, to take that trophy. And this year, they've had a really good season. They've only took a couple of defeats. Uh, one of them was to Chelmsford, obviously, in the league at the Riverside, uh, also in the Cup against Chelmsford, and in the league at home to Solent as well. It's been Solent and Streatham at the top of the league for most of the season, and Streatham have been pretty consistent throughout. And the player that I think has been the most consistent for them and always poses a danger is their number 24, Ivan Antonov. Uh, such a classy player. Obviously, we know he's played up at higher levels as well. And he's always dangerous when the puck moves into that offensive zone. Can score from anywhere and always moves moves through the lines. Very nice. Plays a lot of time for the Streatham Red Hawks as well. He does get a lot of ice time. Which obviously they've, they've got a lot of players and their system works very, very well. Uh, for the Romford Juniors then, the Raiders Juniors, the uh, player I've gone for as the danger man is TJ Anderson. He's obviously been playing up a lot this season with the Raiders in the National League. Uh, also, a little bit of Great Britain hockey for, in his roller hockey as well. So he, he does keep himself active in the in both both forms of hockey. But we've seen some fantastic goals from him this year. And in the playoff quarterfinals just gone, I think he totaled scoring eight goals across the two games. 
couple of fantastic finishes in there as well amongst them. So, yeah, really fantastic player. I think that's going to be a really good game. For me, personally, I can't see past Streatham, but it's one game. Anything can happen in the playoffs. So I think it'll be entertaining. I think Antonov may make the difference, but I, I back Anderson to have a, have a really good game as well for the Raiders. That second semi-final on the Sunday, then, is going to be the Solent Devils against the Invicta Dynamos, who, of course, knocks out the Chieftains at the quarter-final stage. The Devils have had a fantastic season. They brought in some good young players, uh, a couple from the Bristol set-up, and the Danger Man I've gone for came from Bristol, from their team that went up to the National League, and that's Liam Coleman. Scored some really, really good goals. He's uh, always cleaning up any rebounds that come off the goalkeeper. He's always in the right place at the right time. Scored a fantastic goal against Chelmsford, actually, in a 5-4 overtime win down at uh, Planet Ice in Gosport earlier in the year. Uh, and I think he is their danger man. They have got a couple, though. Of course, Dan Lackey's had a great season. Uh, Alex Murray's always a handful when he's on the ice as well. So I, I bag this semi-final to actually be the game of the weekend. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. And Invicta Dynamos, then, that conquered Chelmsford Chieftains. Their danger man I've gone for is their young player that they signed halfway, re-signed rather, halfway through the season, Owen Dell. Fantastic young player. Scored some fantastic goals against the Chieftains in the last four games that we've played against them. Uh, gets involved in all the moves. They've obviously, they, they use their imports well as well. Stanislav Laszczek, we know all about. We know how good he is. And Uri Hushka, who must spend at least 50 minutes on the ice every game. Just an incredible engine and always dangerous from anywhere on the ice but I do make that uh, Silent Devils against Invicta Dynamos I think that will be the game of the weekend and I do give the winner of that tie a really really good shot at winning winning the whole thing I think that a win on that second game on Sunday night could really give the confidence boost to which to whichever side wins it to go on and have a fantastic game in the final so uh, yeah there's your danger men there we've put a little video out on the socials as well uh, and my prediction, I would probably have the Streatham Red Hawks to beat the Raiders. I'll probably say by no more than three, though. I think the Raiders are going to put up a good, a good defensive show. And uh, I think that Solent Devils against Invicta could well go all the way. We saw a five-five draw in the in the cup semi-final uh, between them two down at Gosport. It could go into overtime. That one, it's going to be a tight one. Uh, nice big pad there, of course, which is diff different for both those sides. They they play on smaller pads at home, so that's going to be interesting having them both on the large pad. Uh, looking forward to see it. I will probably just back Invicta to go through in that game. So And then, obviously, once once we do the episodes over the weekend, we'll see where we go. But for me, I think Invicta could just pip Silent Devils in that second semi-final. Right then, let's get to our, our first guest in this, this uh, episode of the podcast. Uh, he's the Telford Tigers 2 head coach. They've just won the Laidler playoffs in the, the northern section, the, the second division, NIHL 2 North. And they are in the Laidler Cup final this weekend as well against exactly the same opposition, the whole Jets. So we're going to catch up with their head coach and former Chieftain, Scott McKenzie. Scott McKenzie, the head coach of the Telford Tigers 2. Thank you for joining me. How are you, sir? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, congratulations on the uh, the winning the Laidler playoffs last weekend. And uh, and you've also got the same opposition coming up in the Cup this weekend, I believe. Yeah, it's been the same um, 
kind of opposition we've had all year, really, um, with the whole Jets. They've they've been a thorn on our side for the last two years, I would say. Um, and uh, yeah, they're, they're a good team. They've got some really good young players with, with some good experience, similar to us, really. Um, and it seems whoever's better on the day seems to win the trophies. And um, yeah, it, it's been a really good battle for the last two seasons. And we expect more of the same over the next two weeks. Yeah. So how's your season gone in total this year? Uh, it's been good. Um, pretty similar to last year. I think last year we we won the league. They won the cup and the playoffs. Um, this year they've won the league. We've won the playoffs. And are hoping to win the cup. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it's been it's been up and down. We've struggled a lot with injuries, to be honest with you. Serious injuries we've had. Um, uh, one of our imports, Philip Sucker, he had a serious knee injury. Um, probably back in November. We've had another one of our. Uh, more experienced players, Joe Aston, who dropped down from the National League team, he he had a, a shoulder problem, um, which has ended his season as well. Um, we, we lost our goalie, uh, Matt Croyle. He left us probably October, November time to go to D-side in Division 1. Um, but we were fortunate enough to bring in Zach Brown um, to kind of fill that hole. So yeah, uh, we lost another guy two weeks ago, Charlie Webb, who's one of our good young players um, with a, <clears throat> a freak... Um, problem. So yeah, it's been kind of losing, not just losing players, but losing key players at key times. Um, James Smith was another one had knee surgery. So yeah, we, we've lost some really important players to us for long periods of time, and it's been challenging to kind of get through that and, and still grind out results. And the boys of the boys who have played, especially, have done a fantastic job of that, and and just kind of not really um looked at it as a negative and just cracked on with whatever we've had. Um, it's meant the lines have been shuffled around a lot, but um, they've, they've got on with it really well. And I, I've got to credit the players, to be honest. Yeah, I so say we're going through all that missing amount of players, but then making the, the playoff finals. Yeah. And uh, and it was quite a convincing win on the day. It was 6-1, was it? Yeah, so the, the Saturday game, I think people were quite shocked with our score with Sutton because um, Sutton obviously finished quite a ways off us in, in the league, a few points behind us. Um, but every every game that we've played against Sutton's been close, um, and I think Hull as well. Maybe they've ran away with it in one one fixture or two. But um, they're a team who work incredibly hard, made it difficult for us on the day. And again, the boys found a way a way to make it. And and they always say in a one game shootout, anything can happen. And fortunately for us, we we were able to get on top early, um, and really punished Hull, put you know put them under pressure. And in a, in a one game shoot off, you know Hull really they could have done the same to us on the day. Um, yeah, but we we were fortunate enough that um, we put in a really good performance on the day and and were able to lift the trophy. How was the crowd up in Orchard? Because it's quite a trip, isn't it, from everywhere really in the North Division. Yeah, um, for for our Division Two team, we're obviously competing with the National League team as well. Yeah, so they've got um, a lot of <clears throat> a lot of fans at the National League team, but we do get at home. We probably get 150, I would say, um, at, at any home game. Um, on the road, you tend to you, you don't get many fans, I don't think. I actually don't make a lot of the games myself. I, I am um, playing for the National League team as well. So yeah. I, I obviously, I don't make it to a lot of the games, but I, I make every game that I can when we don't have a fixture. Um, so our, I have a coaching uh, staff in place who run the game day. Um, so yeah, they, they do a fantastic job. But fans-wise, you know, when you go to teams who have a senior team ahead of them, you tend to find that, you know, it's maybe 100 to 150 rather than six, seven, eight hundred, which yeah, you know, the National League or NHL one teams are, are getting at home. 
Please tell me, despite that, it's been an incredibly successful few years since we come out of the lockdown. Uh, Telford have had some incredibly successful years. Yeah, as a whole club, we've been pretty, pretty. Um, I would say consistent is is the way the, the the message. You know, we from from National League down to NHL two, myself and Tom Watkins who work together quite closely. We try and stick stay on the same page. We, we coach in a very similar way. Um, I've been under him as a player for over. 12 years roughly so um that helps with the consistency um with us being on the same page um but yeah as, as a club we've been really successful we've been very fortunate to have some good players that live local to us which always helps um and the red hockey era that we had and um, brought a lot of good players to the national league team but also it brought a lot of good young players that have been able to you know as they've got wives girlfriends myself included and that um, who maybe just don't want the commitment of a national league team, and we found them in our in our two team. Um, yeah, you know, you, um, so, you're not really struggling really for competition in your area, are you? Either to get players, I think Solihull is probably your closest. Solihull and Sutton, your closest team, isn't it? Yeah, Solihull, Coventry, um, Sutton, and then north of us, you got D side, who are probably an hour and fifteen, hour and thirty away. Um, yeah, but yeah, we we it's good in one way, but then as players get older. Um, trying to replace or replenish those players is is challenging in itself as Into well. Into the junior system. Yeah. So yeah. So our junior system is good, um, but the the quality of player um, is certainly lacking a little bit. I would say for us to you know push those players into NHL two slash NHL one or national league. Um, you know you might get a handful. I think every club's the same. To be honest, you might get a handful, but it is difficult to to push every single player into that league because the standards are, are pretty high um, yeah and you know it's i think throughout lockdown we every club certainly lost a lot of their youth youth players because of just not being able to get them in on the ice so yeah um, trying to retain or keep junior players is certainly a challenge that we've all faced um and, and i would say across the country to be honest now you're into the uh the business end of the national league season as well now with telford so how's that season gone and you're I haven't got it written down, actually, your playoff opponents. Yeah, we play Milton Keynes tomorrow. Milton Keynes, you do, yes. Yeah, so this is Friday. It goes out. Um, so we play Milton Keynes tomorrow. Yeah, that, I think that's actually the reason why our Britain playoff final is a Sunday-Monday. That's right. Yeah, because it's at Milton Keynes. Yeah, because yeah. you're, you're playing there on the Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. They're a good team. Um, our season hasn't really gone the way we would have liked it to. We held the league title for back-to-back, um, and we wanted to really... You know, give a good push to that this year, but we've come up against some really good teams. Um, Leeds, Milton Keynes, Peterborough, the top three. But even looking further down the league, you know, like um, teams like Romford, well, Raiders, sorry, um, have been very good this year. Um, we found it tough against those guys. So every team in this league is good, and and we probably struggle to keep hold of some important pieces uh, for the start of the season that we had from last year, uh, and it had an impact on us and. and Again, had a few injuries, but no, no excuses from our part. We, we're probably finished up where we deserve to be in the league in, in seventh place. I think that probably sits about right for us in, in our performance this year. Um, but going into playoffs, we feel like we've gained some momentum. We've found a way that we want to play, um, and we're going to give it a really good goal this weekend. Um, we're, we're confident in our ability. We've got a lot of experience with winning and what it takes. Um, so hopefully we can give ourselves a good account as we can and, and potentially make Coventry next weekend. Yeah. Has there, has there been a lot of lads playing up from the 
Telford 2 into the into the National League team? Yeah, we've had a, a couple of guys step up and play, especially when we were short earlier in the early part of the season. And um, we find it difficult to bring a lot of those guys in because of the, the commitments that they have, not necessarily yeah. the, the fact that we don't want them. Um, and I think that's a, a misconception from our fans, perhaps, that we just don't use players because we think we're too good. Well, that's not the case. It's more a case of guys have other commitments outside of ice hockey, and that's probably why they're playing at National League Two level. Yeah. You know, we play two games every weekend, and it's a lot. You know, it's a lot for us. So, and for those guys, they've got 28 games, and they want to play 28 games a season. That's why they're doing it. So we've we've managed to get a lot of the younger players into our lineup this year um, and try and keep that continuity of guys coming through the system and, and playing. So the young guy, Charlie Weber, I said was, was injured a few weeks ago. Um, he's played at every opportunity that he could because he's one that wants to develop and wants to move into the National League eventually. So, um, But we have picked, a, picked a, um, a few other guys, like I say, who have helped us out when we've been struggling. So, um, yeah, everyone's... When they've came, they've been given an opportunity to play and they've done really well. So, yeah, we have a lot of capable players in our, our National League 2 team, for sure. Yeah, you can, I mean, you can't keep these 16-year-olds off the ice that want to play. We've got lads at Chelmsford that play three games a day. They'll do 16s and 18s in the afternoon yeah. and they come and play for the Chieftains in the evening. That's it. And that's what I used to be like when I was a kid. Now I struggle to play 60 minutes without <laughs> so. Where was your hockey uh, hockey started then? I say I take it from you're a Scottish man from your accent. So uh, yeah, I was born in, I was born in Scotland. Um, I played. Um, I started off uh, in Edinburgh and then went to Glasgow, but finished my junior career in Fife and then actually moved to Chelmsford. Played played in Chelmsford for a few years. Um, lived down down in Chelmsford for six and a half years in total. Um, loved my time in Chelmsford. To be honest, I had a really good time there. That'll go down well on this podcast. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I played with guys like Andrew Power, Kyle Amio. Um, oh, geez, oh. Uh, I didn't play with Beckett, but I played against Beckett a lot. Um, yeah. You know, so I know all those guys. Um, Dean, Dean Burrow was my coach when I first came down. He was a guy who brought me down with that Fife connection. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I've got nothing but fond memories with Chelmsford. I had a really good time there. Oh, fantastic, and uh, and obviously still playing now in the national league, but taking that coaching position with the Tigers as well, Tigers too. Yeah, so I, I mean the the coaching side of it, I've always been interested in coaching, even from a kid. So when I was fifteen, sixteen, I would go to Fife and help out with the with the junior kids, um, and just try and you know give give something back, even though I was just you know on the ice having having a laugh with them. But um, I took I started taking it more seriously when I was in my mid to late twenties. Um, I got a coaching role up in Woodness as a player coach, but was then coaching all the junior kids as well. So um, I've spent a lot of time kind of studying and learning what's important and trying to work with people rather than just teaching them X and X's and O's. I think a lot of it's about arm around the shoulder and trying to get the best out of people rather than just teaching them how to play hockey. So, um, yeah, with being in Telford, uh, it kind of works really well where I've got my my coaching team. So I actually go on the ice with the National League team on a Thursday, practice with them, then I get off have a 50-minute ice cut and I go back back on the ice with the D2 team and coach them for an hour. Um, and then we, we, we make our team selection on a Friday. That goes out to the team. And then I have bench staff who I liaise with about what I want on a game day. And then they have full control whilst they're on the bench to make changes and alterations as, as the game goes on. Right, so well, a massive weekend ahead for you then, mate. So I'll yeah. we'll, uh, I'll let you get back to the rest of your Good Friday and Thank wish you. you all the best for the weekend with the national team and with the uh, the Tigers too as well. 
I appreciate it. Thanks for having us on and good luck with the podcast. It seems like you're doing a good job. Cracking. Cheers, Scott. Thank you. Thanks. A massive thank you to Scott for joining me on the podcast there. Fantastic. Congratulations, of course, to the Telford Tigers too for taking that playoff championship and good luck to them in the Laidler Cup final this weekend. Now our next guest then, when I started this podcast, everyone said to me, you've got to get Gemma on. You've got to get Gemma on. Well, I've saved it up till the end. Here she is, Gemma Pemberton, the Chieftain's physio. Gemma Pemberton, Chelmsford Chieftain's physio. How are you doing this evening? Hey, good, very good, thank you. How are you? I'm really, really well. A lot better than you. I think you've injured yourself again, haven't you? Don't jinx it. Touch wood. Hopefully not. Um, We're going to wait and wait for the uh, professional outcome. Wait for the scans, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you've not long been back from an injury where you were uh, being rehabbed by Liam Chong. Yeah. Um, actually, a year ago today, I fractured my ankle the first time. As you, you guys will probably saw me in a boot end of last season. Yeah. Uh, running on the Shuffling ice. Shuffling across the ice wasn't in wasn't great um and then I actually refractured it back in September um can't remember I started the season a boot I think I did I'm not sure um so I got back from that and then yeah hopefully hopefully I'm all right but find out next week <laughs> we'll have to wait and see so I mean kind of like it's like a doctor getting sick isn't it physios getting injured it's uh yeah uh, I, I always I was always injured as a kid um as a young athlete and stuff so I think that's why I became a physio because I just had every injury going so I just knew I kind of knew what to do yeah <laughs> I, I was going to ask actually so what got you into it because it, it normally is either there's some sort of medical experience already in the family or as a young athlete you have lots of injuries and then you want to figure out how to stop having them oh absolutely yeah I was I was always injured um and playing various sports and stuff and then I remember going to see physios and um, I kind of was like, oh, I could probably do this as a career because I know the whole process. I know how it all works. And um, I kind of wanted to be that person for a young athlete that couldn't either afford a really expensive physio or doctors. And um, so that's kind of how I got into it, really. Um, so are you cheaper than Trungy then? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> He's a lot better than I am, so he can charge me. <laughs> So uh, do you do personal training as well or is it just physio and rehabilitation? Because I believe you've got quite a few qualifications. Yeah, so I'm a strength and conditioning coach as well. Um, even though the, the boys don't do anything I tell them to do. Trying to do warm-ups this year was just a disaster. And trying to write them gym programs, I think about one or two of the guys will actually follow it. Um, it wasn't always me. Like They're such good players, but they're so unfit. It's unbelievable. Um but yeah, no, I do I do S&C on the side, but I work with a few teams. So um, yeah, I do a bit of S&C, which is quite good fun. Because yeah, is there a lot of your involvement in rugby? Yeah, a little bit. Um, that's mainly like physio stuff. Um, I work with Saracens at their academy. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to work for Chelmsford Rugby and Southend. That was like a placement when I was a student. Um, but then me actually playing kind of took over and clashed. So I think... I was like, when I was spending my time with Chieftains, I'd rather play rugby and then 
do ice hockey but I do I kind of cover festivals and academy that's um selection days and stuff so yeah that's my involvement with rugby how did it come around your involvement with the chieftains so it's a funny story actually um we love them here we love them so I was a student second year and I used to work in secret garden cafe with Tom Wilson he was a chef and I was just a waitress and um Obviously, he knew that I was studying to be a sport therapist. And I think Will Polson had put in the group chat and said, does anyone know someone who can look at my back? And Tom recommended me. So Will Polson rang me up and was like, can I come and see you for an appointment? We just got chatting. He was like, well, we need a physio for chieftains. Do you want to do it? I was like, yeah, go on then. And this was the season that Clemmer was coach. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't even know there was a team in Chelmsford. I knew nothing about it. I remember, it's quite embarrassing, actually, I went to watch a game, like the game before I started. And um, so obviously sport, I've been involved in rugby and whatever. So it's just two halves. So I got yeah. up to my second period. I had oh, a really good game, thinking the game was done. <laughs> Not there was a third period. He was like, yeah, there's another period to go. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> really, yeah. <laughs> embarrassing. Um, but no, yeah, then got involved with them and not looked back since, really. No, no, yes. How long is that now? Has that been, what, seven, six, seven years? This is my fifth season. Trying to do maths in my head. Obviously, the COVID year just... So we had a Clemmer and then... Is it two or three years with Joe? Three years with Joe. Yeah. And then Mark. I'm trying to look it up here, yeah. Done my fifth season, so yeah. And uh, and I take it you'll be back with us with Lewis next season? Yes, I will be. Um, Yeah, so the plan was to have a time, like, not be there as often this year because I'm like... Rugby playing was meant to be a little bit more priority, but as I wasn't playing, I was like, yeah, I've got to cover it. So hopefully if I can play next season, um, there I won't be there as often, but we'll just see what's going on. The schedule clashes, sometimes they, they, they work out all right, but it just depends when the games are, really. Yeah. It's the women's women's game in, in England is growing quite, quite a rate, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. They're doing really well. Um, the Red Roses in England, they're... Unbelievably, unbelievably good they win everything um and it's just skyrocketing like how popular the women's rugby games go in like the way we're playing a game well, not me England women are playing a game at Twickenham end of April and it's the first time a women's a women's standalone game has been at Twickenham and they've sold nearly 50,000 tickets which is well record um so yeah obviously going to that would be good it was fun but um it's definitely definitely on the up it's going really well yeah, I think women's sport in general has been flying in the in the last few years. Obviously, with the the football, with the lionesses, the women's ice hockey in this country is flying. The the yeah. youth setups and into the into the adults as well. Um, have you ever played hockey? No. So I get this asked this question quite a lot, um, <laughs> and I know a few of the women players because I've visited them and I work alongside um, one of them. I was like, Jim, come on and play, and I was like, no. I always, I always say that I can run in the ice, run on the ice in my trainers better than I can skate. Yeah. So I think I'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, no. The boys always say to me, why don't you wear skates when you go on? I think, well, I can't stop. So if someone's injured in the middle of the ice, you know, they can be your fault. So if they've broken their leg, it's going to really <laughs> not good. Um, so I'll yeah. stick to my little spikes on my trainers. I'm not, I can't. Yeah. That's my problem. When we come on the ice after the game in December and, uh, I had skates on and Dan Hitchens said to me, 
when are you going to lace them up and, and have a go? I was like, well, one, I'm pushing 40 and I've got no ligaments in my right knee. If I try and stop, my legs are just going to dislocate and I'm going to end up in a pile on the floor. Yeah, no, but I do get asked it quite a lot, but no, if I get, I get broken enough. Yeah, I did say I didn't quite agree with the uh, the way they put it. Actually, I think it's one of the BBC channels that had done some of the local news on. Might well have been on the Chieftains when they came down to training one uh, Thursday night, and they called it rugby on ice. And I wasn't too, I wasn't too keen on that analogy actually. I think maybe just the physical side of it. Maybe that's like the intense and just the big hits. Yeah. Maybe that's where the reference is. But no, I don't. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. It's not. Uh, which of course the women don't have. You can't check in women's ice hockey, but no. women's rugby, oh, you go all in, don't you? Yeah, we just beat the crap out of each other. Great. <laughs> Until you're in a boot like me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure this it's, it's such a good good thing that you do what you do for a living. I think it will probably prolong your career. It, it's a blessing and a curse, um, <laughs> because then I'm like paranoid, <laughs> and yeah. I know what it is straight away. Um, but I remember also like season I played last season and everyone would get injured, everyone else would go in the group and I'd be running on to go in, even though I'm playing, I'm then running on the pitch to make sure everyone's all right. And I'm not actually yeah. doing or getting a bottle of water or anything. I'm helping the injury and then we're straight back into it. So, um, yeah, it's again, like it's, it's great, but then it's also, I'd like to have that separation, but yeah. it's just you constantly. I bet you're the first phone call that anyone makes that got any sort of ache or pain as well, you Oh, constant, yeah. Yeah. Like, I see the boys. I see the boys Tuesday, Thursday, but I probably talk to most of them every day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Agony aren't as well, I'm sure. Yeah, and just yeah, they just bitch and moan to me. It's great. I'm like, <laughs> I love all the gossip and all the drama. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I've got a few questions for some of the Chieftains fans and so, uh, some of the listeners here. And as we spoke earlier, you got away with it a bit with the lads. I was, oh, honestly, Raymond yeah. texted me and he was like, you're in trouble. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Is, I'm just dreading it. I, I have got one from Rainer. It, it doesn't make a great deal of sense to me. I'm, I'm waiting for your reaction when I say it. So it's um, oh, but, uh, it's got a few from some of the fans. Arista has asked, which player complains the most about you hurting them when you're treating them? Callum. Is he the biggest wimp, is he? As you know, they're all big wimps anyway. <laughs> um, so I do something called a glute release. And if anyone knows what it is, it's horrible. I basically stick my elbow in their bum cheeks and mm. it helps release off the muscles and helps the lie back. And just because in their skating position, it's, they just build up a lot of tension and tightness in their glutes. And I did it to Callum once and honestly, he nearly flew into the wall. <laughs> so that's. I think most of the guys who do that on, they do... It's never nice. No, it can. I've had it done to, my, to me. A man make a noise that you had no idea a man could make. Oh, honestly, yeah. Can I think Callum nearly flew through the wall. Um, <laughs> I think a few of them, like, yeah, anything. Because I only have like five, ten minutes to treat them. I don't have like the luxury of like an hour in a private clinic. So I have to just go in hard and like just beat them up basically, just yeah. to get it, get it, get the result. And um. Yeah, they always say I'm really mean. I get called a bitch quite a lot. and It's great fun because I can take my anger out. <laughs> of course, yeah. I'm sure it works both ways. But no, I'm joking. It's, um, yeah, it's never it's never a nice massage. It's, it's always a bit elbows in. Yeah. 
that is bad. I think the worst one I had was um, I had my knee sort of brought back up onto my chest right. and rotated round, and then the thumb up in the back of my ear. I don't know what it's called, but um, yeah, the sports masseuse that I went to when I was boxing, she used to do Nigel Ben and Chris Eubank, and she said I was in the top five of people that could take pain. I didn't believe her in the slightest. Not gonna lie, I always find that women can take it better than men. Just saying, but um, I'm I'm quite mean with the boys. Um, I'm quite brutal, so I'm sure that's um, the results. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an occupational up, isn't it? I think rather yeah. down. Right then, uh, Scott Minard has asked, "What's the worst thing you've seen as a physio?" Ooh, what in ice hockey or generally? Uh, well, uh, Danny Seagarth has also kind of asked the same of what's the worst injury you've seen. So I'd probably say, yeah, I'd go maybe ice hockey and then everything else. Mm. This season, uh, Leone ruptured his bicep. Um, mm. That was pretty gnarly. Um, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm just... A, to other people, it might sound horrific, but I'm quite immune to it now. Um, to nothing, fair, actually, com- nothing compound. Um, yeah, we have quite a lot. Um, <laughs> so, actually, I've last the, for the last week, I've been away with um, working with Saracens on like a, a residential camp for like under 15 kids. Um, we had a kid yesterday dislocating and fracture his leg. Um, basically, his knee with shin just pulled back. We had to relocate his knee, but he's basically snapped two bones in his leg. That was pretty nasty. Get the gas and air out, get all the all that stuff. Um, so no, I get quite a mixture. A lot of the boys, they get cuts on their face and I glue them up and you see me running off with them and they come back five minutes later. Yeah, I think Sasha got glued up on Saturday night, didn't yeah. he, I think? Sasha's chin. Um, TJ usually gets it. He's had his, TJ's black eye. I, did his, I put five stitches in his chin. I think I did his other eyebrow. Um, I think it might be time for TJ to go for a cage. He will never do it. He will never <laughs> do it. Um, who else? Ethan was pretty bad. He fractured uh, last year. He got pucked to his cheek and he fractured his cheekbone. Yeah, Ethan was on a couple of weeks ago telling us about that. Yeah, that was. And then it was really spooky, actually. Year to the day, he did it in Victor and he got a puck to the face. And that to glue that, but it was about a centimetre up from when he did it last time, and it was a year to the day. So that was quite spooky. Wow. Um, and obviously, Grant's leg was pretty bad. Um, uh, that was uh, in Victor last year, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like an open fracture or anything, but um, yeah, he that was that was difficult. Mm. Also, because I tell him off, but he didn't wear his boot. Um, and then six weeks later, the fracture was actually really worse than it was. Yeah. I'm trying to think who else really. I mean, a lot of the guys just get a lot of bumps and bruises, and they're kind of like niggles that just last a long time rather than anything majorly dramatic. Yeah, it's that sort of sport, though, isn't it? It's going to get bumps yeah. and bruises. Yeah, I mean, you get those sort of freak accidents. Um, but I'll, I'll go away slightly, actually, just because of what we're talking about. Is, is there any sort of con- concussion protocols that you have to follow? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Are they set by the EIHA? I don't know. I usually follow the rugby one, but there's um, it's just a concussion protocol created by doctors for it's, it's a generic one, even yeah. in sport and out of sport. 
Um, there's a um, protocol called SCAT5. Um, I can't remember what the actual acronym for. Um, but you basically follow a protocol and it asks questions and it's a symptom evaluation. Um, you do cognitive testing, memory loss, um, and it basically helps you determine how severe a concussion is. Um, so you do that initially. Um, yeah, just to determine how severe it is. And it depends on your age. So if you're under 18, it's, this is I'm going to get it wrong, 23 days of doing nothing, not even running for the bus, not running up the stairs, nothing. Um, and then it's a specific return to play protocol. But for an un- over 18, it's two weeks, two weeks of doing nothing. And then a re- graduated return to play. Yeah. Um, it just depends on I usually go off by a symptom evaluation. So I'll do that same test probably about three or four times in that two weeks space just to manage symptoms. Because often the symptoms will actually get worse before they get better. Um they kind of rate them, they've got a list of symptoms, they rate them between zero and six. Um obviously six being really severe, and I can just manage how they're recovering. Um then we had uh, Darren Brown last year, he had a really serious concussion. Didn't actually think it was a concussion at the time, um, and he was very ill from it. Usually yeah. it's about recovery, but he he took about six weeks. Um, yeah, yeah anyone, anyone who's not had it, it's uh, it's it's not yeah. a nice one. It's not nice, and some people even just getting a slight knock to you don't even have to get a direct hit to the head. No, no. and any kind of whiplash can trigger a concussion. Um, and the boys would take the take the mick out of me. Um, I think we had quite a lot of concussion. Last touch word, I think we've only had one this year. Um, there were quite a lot last year and because I was constantly getting a concussion test out they're like oh Gemma I've hurt my ankle do you need me to do a concussion test and <laughs> like, it was, they were taking a piss a little bit um, but no they, that's the one thing I'm really strict on is concussions yeah um, and as you should be I mean it's seen at the moment in in rugby and in football where they're having the, the temporary change or a permanent change because it's it's really not worth it I mean obviously my, my sporting background is in boxing and fortunately they're not touching that at the moment it's um yeah. i dread the day when they come and say that's it no one's allowed to spar it's um yeah but that's uh, it i know they are because i used to work in boxing as well so knowing like if someone has got a concussion it is managed better mm. um, but i think there's still a long way to go with it but no there's like history of um you get secondary concussion syndrome and game over it's yeah. very high risk of brain injury or even death so that's why I do take it very seriously. And the boys are good, but they like to take the piss about it as well. As, as they well do. Yeah, I'm sure that it's just a group of lads. It's it must be half fun and half a nightmare for you. Honestly, yeah. I mean, they may want to quit every week, but <laughs> I said that the last three years, and I'm still here. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Ange Gatland has asked, uh, "What's your favourite thing to patch up?" Oh, it has to be some glue. Yeah, a little bit of glue. Stitching's stitching's a little bit difficult because when I when yeah I get adrenaline, so my hands shake. Yeah. Trying to stick a needle in someone's face is never great when I've got really shaky hands. Um, so I love a bit of glue. Um, I don't know any kind of I, I quite like taping. It's quite anything. Really. Yeah, probably probably glue. Glue in someone's face. They're quite satisfying. You can sort of see the little cut. You glue it up. You get them back on. That's a good yeah. job well done. They always, um, again, the boys take this to me as they do all the time. Um, if someone's cut, I like to take a photo of it first, 
and then so I can share like a before and after. Oh like, yeah. Just, just glue it. I want to get back on. Like no, let me take a picture of it first. So um, my camera roll is just full of cuts and bruises and X-ray, <laughs> broken bones and all of that. So yeah. Excellent stuff. Uh, I thought I could do these in a slightly different order actually and keep all the players ones together. Uh, Ollie Bennett has asked, what's the funniest moment that you've had with the Chieftains? God. Um, I don't know really. I mean, the changing rooms are a good laugh. Like this season's been a really good crack. Like everyone's gotten really well. We've had a lot of court sessions and like, kangaroo court and stuff. And hmm. I can't think of anything kind of specific, but y- you always just end up belly laughing and like, yeah, it's yeah. I think just just being around the boys and just the changing room banter yeah. is not truly. Really. Have you ever stacked it on the ice? once and that was bear's fault <laughs> um, i think it was a couple of years ago we were in slough and we'd lost and sunny had smashed his stick over the goal and left it there so as the and i didn't have my spikes on my shoes at the time i'd only i've only had them for like two years yeah, and um i'd gone on the ice to go and pick up the stick after the game and bear had pulled the water out from the water bottles on the ice yeah i walked back i fell flat on my ass uh, but luckily as everyone was kind of leaving so not everyone not many people saw it yeah um that's you i think that's the only time i've stacked it yeah. i'm usually quite good i'm, I'm trying to have to slow down it's quite hard but yeah you normally there's someone normally gives you like an arm as well don't they on, yeah on the way out there. they yeah I can actually run faster than they can skate. Like, <laughs> like off a go for it. Uh, Paul Whitby has said he understands that you got a new massage gun from Santa, and have you had much of a reason or an opportunity to use it yet? I knew this was gonna come up. Okay, right. How do I explain this? So my secret Santa present was a massage gun with an adult toy attached to it. <laughs> Is this this is probably going to allude to Raina's question about the pink massage gun? Yes. So <laughs> yeah, I knew this was going to come up. Obviously, there's young listeners on, so I'm not going to um, go into. We can let older people's imaginations run wild. Yeah. So there was an adult toy attached to the said massage gun, which was bright pink. Um, I think glow in the dark pink. <laughs> Why would it need to glow in the dark? I don't know. And I can tell you who gave it to me, and it was TJ. So you can blame <laughs> TJ. There's no surprises um, there. Yeah, it was, I was probably the funniest moment, actually. I opened it up, and it was just hilarious. Um, but that said adult toy is in the changing room. It's not mine. <laughs> the gun is actually, the boys actually use the gun themselves. Not with the toy on the end, um, but that gets thrown around the changing room. Is it an official attachment for it, then? No, TJ needed it. He liked it himself. He got creative with it. Yeah. So obviously you get little bindings on the massage gun anyway, but he he cut the other toy to make it fit on there. Um, The next time TJ comes on, we're going to find out whether he did it all on Amazon or he went to Sports Direct and then he went to Ann Summers or what way around he did it. No, you know what? It was his mum and dad that helped him cut the (laughs) hole in it. And he was saying that his mum was like, are you sure you should be giving this to Gemma? (laughs) Yeah. But, um, he'll say it wasn't his idea, but it was. <laughs> Excellent stuff. 
Right, that's all the questions that we've got for you. Like I said, you've kind of got away with it then. I was expecting some really bad stuff to come in. So did I. I'm quite lucky. But, um, yeah, I think maybe uh, now the season's finished, a little bit of slowing down. Some of the lads may have missed it and not uh, not seen so that it's there. Because if, if they're mean to me, then I'm mean to them back. So well, This is what I said to, to Kieran when he messaged me that. I was like, you know she can hurt you, right? <laughs> yeah, so I was like, if, you, if you're mean to me, I'll just beat you up. So... <laughs> Yeah. excellent well Gemma Pemberton thank you so much for joining me literally when I first started this you were one of the first people that everyone said to me I had to get you on oh well thank you thank you for having no. me no well so I've waited this long because I wanted it to build up oh nice <laughs> and, uh, and now we've got through got through all the lads on the roster and so hopefully we'll uh as the year goes on next year any new players and any new people on the staff can can come on and uh, I just hope that the, uh, the guys in the team enjoy coming on as much as we enjoy having them on. Yeah, absolutely. I think they've all loved it. So. Lovely. Gemma, thank you very much. Right. Enjoy the rest of your summer if you're not in a boot or hobbling around anywhere. I don't touch wood or not. I'll be all right. And we'll see you <laughs> back on ice in September. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, mate. A huge thank you to Gemma for joining me on Zero Pucks Given. I'm sure that will not be the last time. I reckon we could probably get a good a good update every couple of months, actually, on how everyone's doing in a, in the treatment room and on the treatment table. So thanks again to Gemma. Real good fun. Right, well, that's it for episode 27, then. Episodes uh, that follow this will be coming from Milton Keynes. Uh, I'll be heading up there on Sunday afternoon getting a, a few pre-games with the coaches, uh, some of the players possibly, and then after the games, getting some reaction as well from the players and the coaches, uh, all on video. So the two interviews from today will, will be on YouTube on Sunday. Uh, and then at the playoffs, as I upload every episode, the videos will go online as well. So you'll be able to keep up to date with everything that's going on. I'll also be tweeting live results from the playoffs as well. So keep your eyes on the Zero Puck socials. And... Uh, Thank you very much for joining. We'll see you next time. This podcast is hosted by Anchor on Spotify. It is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast outlets. Subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to get notifications about new episodes. Follow us on social media, Instagram at Zero Pucks Given Podcast, Twitter at Zero Pucks Pod, YouTube at Zero Pucks Given, email Zero Pucks Given Podcast at gmail.com. The music in this podcast is taken from Spotify and I do not own the tracks. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.